again and welcome to Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy. I'm your host, certified sex therapist Lori Watson, author of Wanting Sex Again, and blogger at Psychology Today and WebMD. And I have with me Dr. Adam Matthews, my co-host, who's a couples therapist, psychotherapist, and president of NCAMFT. Foreplay is dedicated to helping couples keep it hot. Each episode, we cover an aspect of sex that impacts your sex life and something that you can relate to. So if you find our discussions helpful, please give us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. We would love it if you would tell a friend about us. You can find us also on the web at foreplayrst.com. And if you have a comment or a topic that you'd like us to talk about, we'd love to hear from you. Please send them to us at info at foreplayrst.com. Thanks for listening. Now on to today's topic. Okay, so Adam, this is so great. It's the new year, and we've done our new year's. I know, but it's about to snow here in Raleigh, and we got to get Adam home so he's not like stuck (laughs) in the sleet. And (laughs) yeah, yeah. But we're one week into the new year. How are you doing on your resolutions? I'm doing good. Yeah, I'm doing really good. Yeah. Yeah. This is yep, about the not time. eating today, probably not for the next year. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, mine are mine. Mine are doing good right now, but in a week we'll see. That'll be the, that'll be the real test. They're always really they're always really good the first week of January. <laughs> That's good. You know, uh, we were joking around. Just um, we're going to talk about sex and pregnancy today. Yeah. Okay, we're going to talk about sex and pregnancy. But one joke that we were kidding around. I saw it on Twitter. Was you know January first, the husband says to the wife, "You know, honey, we haven't had sex all year." You know? <laughs> <laughs> all those year in jokes. We haven't had sex since last year. Yeah, it's been forever. Yeah. So we were throwing that around. That was funny. Yeah. But we have a reader who wrote in and said, hey, talk about sex and pregnancy and, you know, the difficulties that 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 happen with it. Yeah. Well, you'll have to tell me um, because I've never been pregnant from a from a (laughs) 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 Um, what are the difficulties? What are the complications from of being pregnant? Well, you have had a wife that was pregnant. I have. I mean, she's several times. Yeah. She's been pregnant several times. She's I mean, and so she's told me about that. But I still think. There's somewhat of a disconnect for sure. men because we to, kn- just, to really know what it's like to be female and to be pregnant yeah. and how that impacts your sexuality. Yeah, because there's a, I mean there's other experiences in life that I think I can I can relate to uh-huh. my wife on you that she's had we can share. Yeah. but this one's almost completely well, it is it's completely right. foreign to me. Right, and so trying to understand it and from her perspective is is a bit of a challenge. Yeah, I mean I suppose I think that sexually. You know, there's three trimesters, and each of them have their different challenges and downsides and upsides. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, the first challenge is the first trimester, which, you know, kind of you're sort of wiped out. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to explain, but I remember, you know, week three coming home from work, and I have a lot of energy, and I have a lot of energy for sex. And week three coming home, you know, pregnant for three weeks and basically going to sleep. Yeah. You know, I mean, it was like I had the flu, just that sense of no energy, no nothing. The quote that my wife throws out me during the first trimester all the time is she found a quote in, in one pregnancy book <laughs> yes. that said you it was like the first, especially the first trimester was like you were climbing a mountain every single day, that every uh, day you yes. climbed a mountain. I so like she that. would she would tell me that all the day. She was like, back off. I'm climbing a mountain right now <laughs> is, what, is what she would say. And that that made more sense to me when I thought about it like that. That about the energy that is expended that, of I growing know. another human. And I, I know that, you know, men say all the time, but I, I would want sex even if I were tired. That's not a stumbling block. But I think, 
I think for women, because it requires so much concentration to reach orgasm and mm-hmm. and the whole experience requires a lot more energy really for her yeah. to have you know, feeling associated with it, you know, her own internal subjective feeling that lack of energy. I, I know, I I know nobody likes this, but it's true. It's a killer. But it's a, it's a different desire from what I, what I can pick up. It seems like it's a different kind of tired than just end of the day. Well, it's something you can't do anything about it. Right. I mean, if you're end of the day, you did too much. I mean, you can make adjustments, Mm. but this is something physiologically. I mean, I, I suppose it's any kind of any kind of hormonal state or physiological state or an illness or something, it's like, you know, do you want to have sex when you have the flu? You know, if you didn't feel so bad, but you were yeah. just that kind of wiped out, it's like, well, you know, the thoughts there, it sounds great, but no. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's also a bit of sometimes a confusion, at least from a male perspective, on the idea of, I don't want to speak too much about my wife's experiences because <laughs> yeah. she's, she's not here, but yeah. I know that- I'll defend you. That, <laughs> <laughs> That's that one of the things that I've heard is because you mentioned it, it like being the flu of it coming from, well, I'm not I'm not an invalid. Like, don't do all that for me because I can still because I tried to do everything, Aww, you know, he's I know. Be a great That's guy. Right. I, I'm, I'm telling you, <laughs> but and I know other other men that do that, too, sure. that it got reprimanded sure. for doing too much, doing too much and treating treating their wife as if she was sick during pregnancy. So can you talk about that balance, that balance there between if we're respecting you're the fact that she's tired. You're damned if you do and damned if you that's don't. That's right. And if I you think are that's like, what. You're trying to caretake for her and take care of her and make sure she's okay. And, you know, that she's she is around that little baby, right? Yeah. And so there's that paternal uh, protection thing that gets triggered in you mm-hmm. right away. But then she's saying, you know, I can, I'm capable. Yeah. Don't infantilize me. Don't yeah. make me feel like I'm not capable. That's right. Um, that's what, at least that's the, that's the message that I think men yeah. sometimes get when their wife or partner is going through pregnancy. You know, I, I cannot probably over describe the vulnerability that it feels like to have a human being grown inside you. Mm. I mean, I, I just can't explain that. And there is this sense of needing care you know, needing to share this. But there's this also this sense of, you know, I'm an independent woman mm-hmm. and I want to do it myself. I think that that's the hard thing about pregnancy is there mm-hmm. is a bit of having to surrender to the fact that my body is changing, you know, mm-hmm. in, in a quick way. Yeah. And suddenly the things that, you know, used to be easy for me, you know, I'm clumsy. I'm I'm tripping. I'm you know, I'm off balance. I mean, there's all kinds of things that are hard about the needs that I think a woman feels for perhaps more assistance and the sense of, but but doggone it, you know, I'm an adult. Yeah. I can take care of myself. I, I, I don't know. It's any time, right? Anytime we have an instant state change from being independent into a, a place where maybe we're not quite as able. I mean, yeah. it's like when we get sick, right? Some of us want to be, you know, taken care of and coddled, and others of us say, leave me alone, let me just get through it. You know, it just depends. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I think she's probably warring with that inside. It's like, you know, I am capable. And then there are ways that when you're pregnant, your agility is reduced, you know, you ache. You don't get as much rest. I mean, there are things that are reduced. So you're talking about kind of maybe that internal conflict that a woman experiences when she's pregnant comes out mm-hmm. in the relationship. And snaps at her husband. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think there's that, but there's also just the knowing that that conflict just kind of becomes 
a dominant part of the relationship that both sure. both of them are trying to figure out mm-hmm. in that relationship. And I, I, especially first pregnancy, right? I yeah. mean, you're suddenly becoming a family. There is a third person even when you're pregnant. I mean, you know, it's just like it's growing and you have mm-hmm. all these fantasies about it in terms of what will this do to our relationship. And yeah. I mean, I think I think one thing I hear for women too in terms of sexually, how they feel about it is their body starts to change so quickly. Yeah. You know, their breasts grow. And in our culture, that should be a great thing, but not necessarily. I mean, it depends. Some women don't like that. They And it doesn't necessarily feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. So they may have breast development, but not comfortable to be touched because it hurts. Yeah. You know, so it's like th- this crazy sense in their stomach grows. And I think in our culture, a woman's stomach growing, even though we know intellectually it's a baby I think that, you know, our culture esteems and lauds the flat belly, you know, so suddenly you have this and you're gaining weight, which is normal and natural. And I think there's a lot of fear in women about, am I going to gain weight? And, Mm -hmm. you know, there's stretch marks. I mean, there's all kinds of difficult physiological changes. So in terms of their sexual feelings of attractiveness, some, for a lot of women, there's fear and there's worry. Mm-hmm. Will I be as attractive? Will I be as attractive afterwards? Am I attractive right now? Yeah. 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 And so the affirmation of that would seem to then be very important that that's, mm-hmm. that it's normal and natural mm-hmm. for those, th- those changes to be occurring. But is yeah. that even possible from, from the outside? Is it possible for the man to affirm his female mm-hmm. partner in, in that way? Uh, I would hope that, I mean, that helps, right? Mm-hmm. Certainly, if she's struggling with it in the inside, saying it from the outside of how attractive he finds her would would only help. Mm -hmm. I knew this friend, this guy. He was about 10 years older than I was. But I remember he loved pregnant women. He just thought they were so beautiful Mm -hmm. and so particularly sexy. I I didn't know why I was pregnant or anything. He was just a friend. (laughs) It would have been helpful to hear that kind of like, you know, just this guy – Pregnant women were it, you know, yeah. not a fetish. He was a normal guy, but he just thought he, just he, thought they just, were beautiful. he saw yeah. the beauty in it, yeah. in the whole thing. And his wife was pregnant, I think, three times. And you know, she she talked about how beautiful she felt because of his constant sort of admiration, and mm. that can't hurt. Yeah, uh, because I think for a lot of women, our desire is wrapped up in do we feel desirable. Mm. You know, so it, even though he may say, you know, I still want to have sex with you, uh, I find you just as desirable, if she doesn't feel that, it can really impact her. Yeah. And probably second trimester, I think, is when, you know, you really start to show and your body starts to make all those changes. And do you feel like, do you feel like that? Well, like the common thing is that you have more energy, you have more energy in the second trimester. I mean, so does that change your the sexual second trimester, desire? Yeah, it really does. I think that. For a lot of women, the hormones that start to surge second trimester, they feel a lot more sexual. Hmm. That's the good news is they yeah. really, you know, feel desire. And as long as she can, you know, go with it and think her body is beautiful and he thinks so as well, it can be the best time in their life. Hmm. Because also she has kind of a heavier body and her pelvis can actually be more responsive to orgasm, hmm. you know, because of the blood flow and stuff. Same with when a woman gets close to, on her period yeah. to starting her period. So is there, have you found that there's a standard, I've heard different things about whether libido for women goes up or down during pregnancy mm-hmm. um, than, than what their normal is. I think it's like a bell time. curve. Okay. You know, it's low that first trimester. It goes way up the second trimester 
And then it goes down the last trimester just because you're tired and awkward and big. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So. I think there's also, I mean, that kind of talks about some of the difficulties from the woman's side. But perhaps after the break, we can come back and talk about what are the difficulties from the husband or male partner's side that might be standing in the way of getting in the way of sex during pregnancy. Okay. That sounds great. You're listening to Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy with Dr. Adam Matthews and sex therapist Lori Watson. Wanting Sex Again, How to Rediscover Desire and Heal a Sexless Marriage by Certified Sex Therapist Lori Watson. Each chapter is designed to fix one of the problems that cause low libido from early marriage through the childbearing years, even all the way through menopause. I've also had men read it and tell me that for them it was the most hopeful thing they read about resolving sexual problems. Look for Wanting Sex Again on Amazon.com. You can also talk to Lori Watson for therapy in person or via Skype. I offer couples counseling and sex therapy and I think about both aspects of the relationship, emotional intimacy and sexual technique and that combination together helps marriages be happy. Weekend couples intensives are also offered. Improve your sex and improve your relationship with Awakening Center for Couples and Intimacy. Find out more at awakenloveandsex.com. Awaken what's possible. It is one of my great joys in life to be able to really help individuals and couples find strength in their relationships and really find hope again. Licensed marriage and family therapist, Dr. Adam Matthews from Matthews Counseling. I work with a wide variety of issues, including depression and anxiety, marital issues, issues with adolescence. I believe that therapy should be designed around you, that it should be personalized to who you are and to your unique situation. Therapy is available in office, online, and by phone. I want therapy to be comfortable for everyone. At our office, you'll find that we sit around a fireplace in deep, comfortable chairs, look at the problem differently, and offer practical solutions for you to take home and utilize outside of the therapy room. Schedule today and rediscover hope. You can find me on the web at matthewscounseling.net. Matthews with one T. You can contact us through email or phone and find a lot of resources on our website, matthewscounseling.net. back to Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy with sex therapist Lori Watson and Dr. Adam Matthews, couples therapist. We're your hosts, and we are talking about sex and pregnancy. And Adam, you said that we were going to talk a little bit this half of the podcast about how men are feeling about their wives being pregnant and the sexual problems that happen during that season. Yeah, I think we we talked a bit about that in, in the beginning, where I think we talked about her internal conflict over what's happening to her body and what's happening to her, I think even probably emotionally that's going through. Mm-hmm. Of, And I think one of the difficulties, and you tell me if you've heard this from your couples, but the man has a hard time, especially if it's his first one, knowing exactly what to do. Right. right. And because there are things that are changing oh, in yeah. their family, in their couple relationship, especially we talked about if the low energy in the first trimester, if they're are having sex regularly, that that could radically change 
um, mm-hmm. in that first trimester, no matter if they've talked about it before. I've, I, I've have a, I have a couple that are thinking about having a baby and we talk about the things that they're expecting to be different and they are determined that the frequency of which they're having sex is not going to change. And as much yeah. as I've tried to prepare them for that, like that is completely normal for their frequency of their sex to to go down, especially during that first mm-hmm. trimester, they just have a hard time believing mm-hmm. that. And so I think that's I mean, one of the difficulties for men right. is when that happens. Because I think as a male, you're not going through any kind of hormonal changes. Right. So your hormones are constant. Yep. I mean, they're the same rate that they were before the pregnancy and after the pregnancy. And so desire is usually pretty steady. Right. So, I mean, what do you do when suddenly your partner is like, woo, up and down? Yeah. And, I mean, it it is really tough. I I think there's a little bit of, and I don't know if, I don't think this is necessarily fair because I think the women that have been pregnant that are listening would think that it's not fair, but it is a little bit isolating. Mm -hmm. I think there's a, there's an element of which, and again, especially if it's your first child, if it's your second child, you may, you probably anticipate this happening a little bit more. You're a little bit more prepared, but before you're pregnant, you are spending your time together. If you're, if you're, if your couplehood is good you're spending time right. together, you're coming home together, you're eating dinner together, you're, you know, ending the day together, talking, whatever it is that your normal routine yes. is. And then when you get pregnant, your wife is tired, she wants to go to bed. And so she wants to go to sleep. So all of a sudden, I think you're by yourself a lot more. Uh-huh. Um, and it and changes that, that mix of yes. autonomy and closeness, right? That's right. I mean, suddenly, physiologically, she needs more autonomy. She needs more sleep. Mm. My husband's favorite joke is Lori needs eight hours of autonomy every day <laughs> when, when she's asleep. <laughs> just completely, completely in your little sleep yeah. cocoon. Just yeah, other than that, out. I like connection. I like to hang out and be together or yeah. to be with people. But yeah, I think that's especially if you are maybe the pursuing partner. That's right. And your partner suddenly becomes apparently more avoidant mm. just because they need more sleep. It it can throw things off in terms of your feelings and your emotional sense of connection in the relationship. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's hard. Let alone the sexual connection because she's she's out cold. That's right. But I think that's hard sometimes for female partners to understand that from the the male perspective. And I think like all deference needs to be given to the person that is growing the other person. I know. I know. I'm not taking that away because that is an an, act. I mean, you're carrying somebody else. So deference to that. So not trying to to whine or complain about on the men's side, just saying that that I think that's something to acknowledge Mm -hmm. is that when that's happening is that your normal rhythms of your partnership get thrown out of whack. Right. You know, and it's, I think this is so hard in any kind of condition, whether it's pregnancy or illness or absence, Mm -hmm. you know, the fact that when one partner has a markedly different libido Mm -hmm. instantly because of this intervening problem and then the other one is left to cope. I, I think that it's it's really hard as like a caretaker or as a husband of a person who's pregnant to say, hey, wait, wait, I've got needs too. Yeah. You know, suddenly that can almost feel selfish to, Absolutely. to say, yeah. you know, but I, I still have some needs and I need you in this way. And I, I think that, you know, you got to talk about that. Yeah. If anything, I would say to you, you know, use our podcast. Yep. To say, you know, to talk to your wife about it and say, you know, it's okay. I mean, both people have needs and you can be respectful of both. But I think absolutely there has to be some sort of accommodation sexually. 
I, I mean, I think what I found was there were highs and lows that were different. Mm. I was always a 10 o'clock in the morning girl. That's yeah. my best time, you know. And suddenly, you know, but you're working. And yep. so you're not with your partner at 10 o'clock. And Saturday comes and you're sleeping in. But I, I think that for what we did is, and this is what I would suggest, is on the weekends at least, mm-hmm. you know, where is the high in yeah. terms of energy? Yeah, and then using yeah. that to connect sexually. Yeah, using that yeah. time to connect sexually because at least – you know, early on when you're pregnant, you don't have that little toddler to run after, yeah. you know, who also needs looking at. That's coming, right? Yep, that's right. And, uh, and that is difficult as well. Yeah. So I think what I hear you saying there is that pregnancy can be a time to also begin to practice what's going to happen when the baby comes. Right. So some good habits of talking right. about it, having it on a regular basis, finding when your energy is, and kind of game planning for, for when you do have that, mm-hmm. that kid in your life. That's going to mm-hmm. be, that's going to change your relationship as well. Yeah. What do you think men also go through? Um, I think that there is a, and I want to say this carefully, a logistics issue that that starts to (laughs) present itself. (laughs) That's true. That is just a, that sometimes can be difficult to talk about. Sure. Um, From just, like I said, your normal rhythms are off anyway, relationally. Mm -hmm. But I think that the reality is it changes what you do sexually. Oh, I mean, yeah. you you mentioned that if um, her breasts are sensitive and don't want to be touched anymore, if mm-hmm. that was a regular part of foreplay, that was a regular part of oh, sex, yeah. like that becomes you have to change what you what you normally do. You got to change your moves, and so I think that's no men, more man on top. That's yeah, exactly. I think so. That like I think those things start to become issues. They might fumble through a little bit, mm-hmm. but they don't begin about talking about, especially what's going to be the best ways, best positions for them, what's going to change about the logistics of having sex, foreplay, all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, that's going to be, in, that's going to continue to make it enjoyable for them, but mm-hmm. may have to be talked about. And I think that for a man, that sometimes can be a difficult subject to broach. And to say what he might like. I yep. mean, I, it does seem like the fumbling, like you said, around sexual positions can come because this might be the first time a couple has ever had to talk about. Yep. You know, what do we do here? What do you like? You know, what feels good? And the thing during pregnancy, guys, is things that did feel good don't feel good. And things that, you know, didn't feel good do feel good. I mean, it's just crazy. Women tell me all the time, you know, my breasts were nothing. They didn't feel anything to me before I got pregnant. And then suddenly they were too sensitive or, or very sensitive mm-hmm. and vice versa. I mean, it's it's just a crazy experience internally. But I think that what would we like to say to them is maybe go home and talk about, yep. could you just give me the top three things that feel good when we make love? Yeah. Or, you know, your if you think about making love right now, what would be the best position that you would think would be most comfortable and just flat out ask? Well, and I think one of the things that I hear you mention and that would be good is like what's changed is for men to go home and ask their wives, what's changed sexually for you since you become pregnant? Mm-hmm. You know, where what's feeling good, like you were saying, what's not, what are the areas to avoid? Because um, right. it seems like, I mean, tell me if I'm wrong, but it seems like there would be areas that you would want that right. that may they need to just be great. completely Don't avoided. Yeah. <laughs> 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 right. Yeah. Or other things that, that just knowing what's changed, what feels good um, mm-hmm. would be some important questions to ask. Exactly. Any yeah. I, I think that one thing we haven't said is what about if the guy isn't as attracted to her? Mm. I mean, we've talked about how frightening that would be for a woman. And I think for a man, that can be frightening, too. Like, yeah. what if this is a permanent state? You know, what if she doesn't come back to, into a shape that I do feel attraction for? And I think a lot of that is psychological. You know, he sees her as mother. 
Mm. And we've talked a lot about that in other podcasts where just this sense of, okay, she's no longer party girl, my girl, you know, my sex partner. She's now mother. Mm. And everything that comes with a man's thinking about mother kind of gets overlaid on her. And I think that can really diminish, sure, you know, absolutely. sexual attraction. Yeah. I, to me, that seems very much about an expectation that is faulty going into mm-hmm. either going into marriage or going into pregnancy. Mm-hmm. That we're going to stay the same. Yeah. That that's an expectation that that should be okay to have. I mean, I would just challenge that. I think even understanding that from a male perspective, I think there has to be some kind of shift, almost an education of what is going to happen. Mm-hmm. And understanding that if you're going to agree to get pregnant in the first mm-hmm. place, I think men have to be much fairer to women in that, right. in that part, respect. Part of the price is her body is yeah. probably going to change. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to give birth to even you know a seven-pound baby and not have some stretch marks or yeah. not have breasts that droop some. I mean, yeah. it's just hard to do that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that's and a, that's kind of the cost for both of them, is what you're saying. They should both count that cost. Yeah, I think you have to count that. Not that that's not that she can't be beautiful or that you can't be attracted to yeah. to her. I think that's I think that's what I'm saying is the misnomer mm-hmm. is that that because her body changes that you can't continue to be attracted to her mm-hmm. that you can't continue to be physically attracted to her or you can't or that it's always going to be the way that it is when she's pregnant. Right. And I, I mean, I think part of it is to focus on the parts that are attractive and beautiful. I mean, mm-hmm. we all, when we are dating and we think the other one is perfect, actually we're focusing on what we love and what is darn mm-hmm. perfect. Yeah. But I mean, it's the same sort of thing with our personality flaws. You know, yeah. when we're dating, we screen out those things that we don't like. And I think it's, you know, as we go through different developmental stages in our marriage and our bodies change and, and we age minimally, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. We have to remember the youth. We have to focus on the things that are beautiful. Yeah. So I think there's one more thing that I'd like your input on, too, is whether or not that a couple can, in a good way that is empowering to both parties, to talk about how to stay in shape that's good during the pregnancy and also good after the pregnancy that doesn't that's not shaming to the woman but is also empowering to say for men to say this is this is how we're going to kind of manage some of this and how this is how we're going to stay in shape together in a way mm-hmm. that's that's beneficial to to both of them is there a way to even have that conversation or you think you think that conversation is fair hopefully i think you know as a couple maybe it's new year's and we're all having still resolutions but you know many people say you know we want to be in shape we want to be healthy and maybe that's a conversation of you know i i want to be healthy i mean certainly we don't want a husband micromanaging what we go what puts in our mouth you know forget that absolutely but on the other hand you know saying let's you know we want to take the child outside every day we need to get into the habit of walks. Let's do that. I mean, that helps. There's really good reason to to lower carbohydrate when you're pregnant because your baby actually stays smaller, so it's an easier delivery. Mm-hmm. You know, because if you eat too many carbohydrates, oftentimes there's, you know, your baby can absorb that sugar. Women are frequently pre-diabetic and diabetic when they're pregnant, even the ones who don't know it. You know, if you have a nine-pound baby, hate to tell it to you, but sister, you were diabetic. And so, you know, Keeping the carbs low helps with weight control, and it also helps with an easier delivery. Mm. You know, so that might be something to talk about and talk with the doctor. Go to the doctor's appointments. Say, how can we bring the healthy baby into this world? What do we need to do as a couple? How can I encourage that? 
I think there's a fine line, though, between controlling it well, and absolutely. setting it as a mutual value. Yeah. I think know, if she says, hey, walk with me, I need that support, that's awesome. Yeah, I agree. And I think that possibly that's a that's a better – if you don't feel like you can have that conversation where it's mutual and it's mutually beneficial, it might be a better conversation not to have at all. Um, <laughs> dicey. Yeah, it is. Very dicey. It is. But that's why we're asking – I mean, that's yeah. why we're here to ask the hard right. questions, right? Yeah. Okay. So thanks for listening. This is sex therapist Lori Watson and couples therapist Dr. Adam Matthews with Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy. Thanks for listening. Hey, help us stay on top here at Foreplay. We'd love it if you would subscribe and share it with your friends. And please take one sec and rate and review us. Thanks so much. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.